All right. Good morning to you. This is Mike Smith. We got a great Monday morning show for you today, including the great oil debate. Now that's coming up at the bottom of the hour. Now, did you hear what Elizabeth May had to say about the Canadian oil industry? Let's just say she's not exactly bullish on the oil biz. Here's what she had to say. So basically you're saying oil is dead. Oil is dead. Oil is dead. Yeah, oil is dead. Tie a toe tag on it. It's like the parrot on Monty Python, according to Elizabeth May. Oil is dead. Now, here is the question. Is she right? Well, there's no doubt the Canadian oil and gas sector going through tough times right now with this pandemic. Prices are down. Demand has slumped because of the recession. There's a global price war going on. But is oil really dead? Should the government take the oil patch off of life support? Leader Elizabeth May weighing in on the oil industry. Let's just say she's not bullish on the oil patch here. Now have a listen to this. Here's Elizabeth May uh, talking about the Canadian oil sector. She's asked a question here at the end. Just pay close attention to what she says here. If we want to get out of this pandemic with a healthy global economy... Don't put money in fossil fuels at all to try to bail them out. It won't work. Put money into renewables and energy efficiency and a low-carbon economy because that's the only money that's going to actually be able to create a lot of jobs quickly and get the economy going again. So basically you're saying oil is dead. Oil is dead. Oil is dead. Yeah, it's Elizabeth May. Boy, that got a lot of attention. Let's talk about it now. What a great panel we've assembled for you. Peter McCartney is a campaign, a climate change campaigner with the Wilderness Committee. I'm very pleased to welcome him back. Hiya, Peter. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks a lot for doing this. Also on the line is Vivian Krause. She is a researcher. She follows the money and financing in the environmental movement. Vivian, it's nice to have you back on. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having us. Thank you both, guys. Peter, let me go to you first. Do you agree with Elizabeth May that oil is dead? Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, I think she's saying it won't work if we bail out these companies, which I think is the the key here is that, you know, we can shovel public money behind this industry and just follow it down the rabbit hole, or we can use our resources um, with an eye to the future and, and actually invest in the green economy that we need and provide jobs. Uh, for the people that are in that sector who are struggling right now. What about all the Yeah, they're struggling, all right. I mean, that economy is on its knees over there in Alberta. What do you say to all those people who are out of work? Are you just going to l- cut them loose? Well, no, I think, you know, that we have supports for people who have lost their job due to this pandemic. Uh, they qualify for those supports. And I'm just saying, you know, we need to be smart about this. I'm from Alberta. I know lots of friends and family who are hurting right now. Um, But, you know, they come to me and they go, crying on my like, what are we going to do about this? How are we going to have an economy? And I think, you know, more than chest thumping and sort of this weird petro-patriotism that we've found in Canada, they need a plan. And they need, you know, actual uh, opportunities in the next economy that will uh, survive for the long term. Okay, Vivian Krause, what do you think? Well, you know, Mike, let's start with the numbers. You know, um, before pre-pandemic, we were using uh, more than 90 million barrels of oil every day. Okay, so work it out. And that works out to a thousand barrels of oil every second. Okay, so the, 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 the planet is using is is using a tremendous amount of oil. And even if, you know, post pandemic uh, or even during the pandemic, we're, we're in this for a while. It's, it's obvious that our use of, of oil is going to be is going to be cut way back. Right. Maybe even 20, 
million barrels a day, right? So that, but still, even then, even if it was to cut back, say, 30%, we're still using 700 barrels of oil every second, not every minute or every hour, every second. So the, the, the fact is, whether you like it or not, the reality, the practical reality is that we are in for using oil for a couple more decades. Well, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, even looking at the numbers, uh, some of the reports from the International Energy Agency, which is forecasting that global oil demand will continue to grow for another 20 years, yeah. peaking, in tw- the- peaking in 2040. Yeah, Vivian, go ahead. Yeah, but here's the thing. So what is happening is that because the oil market is going to shrink, and it was shrinking even before the pandemic, now with the pandemic, it's going to shrink even faster. So what's going to happen is that the the, the global oil market is like a playground, and some kid is going to get pushed off the swings. Some producer is going to get pushed out. And the question is, who? Which country is the easiest to bully out of the global oil market, right? Now, the United States has had, had, a, had, a, had been kicking out Iran for the longest time with sanctions and all sorts of other things. You think the Americans want to, want to cut back their own production? Heck no. You know, they have tripled, they have tripled the oil production in the United States. They've lifted their ban on oil exports. They're now exporting uh, to more than 20 countries. Meanwhile, Canada... We, we aren't even 4, 4% of global oil production. So we're a tiny, tiny slice of global um, carbon emissions. But for our country, this is really uh, important economically. You know, even now, we're still selling $120 billion worth of oil. And, you know, our industry, okay. our oil industry, to its credit, it's the only one in the world that has a carbon cap. Okay, so they've eliminated the allowable uh, carbon emissions. It also has a tax, and they've got a whole plan for beyond bitumen. They're doing, okay. they're doing okay. more innovation than anybody. Peter McCartney, what do you say to all that? You know, I think actually Vivian makes two really interesting points. You know, the first being that oil demand hasn't fallen that much. Uh, it's only fallen about 10% during this pandemic, and yet it is causing absolute catastrophe for the communities and the workers who rely on this industry. So it actually doesn't have to fall all that much. We can still be using oil. Um, but it doesn't mean that this industry is going to be supported forever. And then, you know, to the point of one country is going to be knocked out, and I think she's absolutely right about that. Unfortunately, you know, it's not environmental activists that are causing Canada to be the one. It's the fact that we have incredibly high-cost, low-quality oil. We c- our break-even point for oil is about $45 a barrel. Saudi Arabia can produce oil for four. You know, it's obvious to anyone, this isn't just the Green Party saying this, this is Wall Street investors, this is central banks, that Canada's oil is going to be the first to go. And that's, you know, yeah. it's unfortunate, um, but ultimately, are we going to spend billions and tens of billions of public dollars trying to, you know, pull this out from an economy that doesn't make sense anymore? Or are we going to try and transition to Vivian. something better? Vivian, what do you okay, say? Uh, this is one thing, that, Peter, I'd love you to explain this. So, one thing I've never stood about you guys is why you are against higher priced oil. Because I would have thought that for the green, uh, you know, the, the, for the green movement, the thing we should do is to get us to use more oil is to make it more expensive, right? And we, we've seen this recently. Just a few years ago, the, the Saudis launched a price war. And what happened? Gas got cheaper. And in the United States, they all bought bigger trucks. They all drove way more miles. They, they, they made a whole lot more carbon emissions because the price of gas went down. 
So here's my question to you guys. Why don't you bully out of the market the cheap oil that comes from countries where there are massive geopolitical problems and very serious human rights issues? Why are you bullying out the cheap oil? Why don't you, why don't, I mean, why don't you bully out the cheap oil and keep the oil that's, that's more expensive? It would be more to, it would serve your purposes, right? Because Peter. people would use less of it. Peter. I am shocked to hear Vivian Krauss arguing in favor of a carbon tax because that's exactly what that does. I've always the argued on pollution, so that the <laughs> price know, of Peter. so that people are able uh, to make choices, knowing that the price on of gasoline and fossil fuels will be increasing over time. Um, when it comes to you know which countries are uh, are the ones that we're focusing on, obviously our members are in Canada, and so we focus on Canada. And the tar sands have some of the most polluting oil in the world because in Saudi Arabia, they just stick a pipe in the ground and oil comes out. We don't have any of that left anymore. We have to clear cut a boil for us. We We boil bitumen out of water using fracked gas from Northeast BC. It's an incredibly energy intensive process. And, you know, that's why uh, the tar sands have been such a big target of the environmental movement because it's worse oil. Okay, Vivian, real quickly, and then we'll take a break and take some phone calls. Go ahead. You know, you guys always focus on big oil. Mikey should do a whole show on little oil, on how oil has saved the family farm in Alberta and Saskatchewan. You know, there's, there's, well. a, there's a lot of tiny oil producers out there, and, it, and it's a very important component of their, of their communities, you know. It's not just big oil. And there is, you know, in Canada now, okay, more than half of our oil production doesn't come from those tar sands mining projects. The majority of it is SAG D production. And those sites, it looks like a park. You know, there, there's almost no deforestation. There and they're even more carbon intensive. Mining. Okay, no, guys, here's... no, 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 that's not true. Some of it is actually lower. All right, welcome back as we continue talking about Elizabeth May and uh, oil is dead. A couple of listeners have pointed out to me she's she's not the federal Green Party leader officially anymore because she's she's stepped down. They got a leadership race going on in there. Anyway, she's the uh, Green Party uh, House leader for the party in Ottawa, though. But anyway, she says oil is dead. Now, here's another federal politician kind of dumping on the tar sands. This is Yves-Francois Blanchette. He is the leader of the Bloc Québécois. Have a listen to what he says here. Oil industry as a whole might not be so dead. I think tar sands are condemned. And putting any more money in that business is a very bad idea. Okay, that's the Bloc Québécois leader there saying, don't put public money into the oil sands here. They're condemned. My guests are Peter McCartney, the Wilderness Committee, Vivian Krauss, environmental researcher, 604-280-9898 is the number to call. Star 9898, toll-free on your cell. Let's go to your phone calls here. Paul calling in from Burnaby. Hi, Paul. Yeah, hi. Um, well, here's a big fact. Um, Alberta oil sands is the only new source for what's called heavy oil. You know, uh, Saudi Arabia oil, Middle East oil, it's called sweet crude. It's very light. American shale oil is diluted to get it out of the uh, coal, of the rocks and that. And without heavy oil... You don't have diesel, and you don't have what's, you know, for machine oil. And so all the worldwide refineries for the next 30 years are going to need uh, Alberta's oil to blend into these other products, which they're doing today. 
And uh, so that's kind of where it is. It's a kind of very niche okay. area. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling in, Peter. Do you uh, is that true? Do you agree with what he said there? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think the biggest source of demand for heavy oil is actually cargo shipping. Um, they take all these freighters going all over the world, and the International Maritime Organization has promised to phase that out. Uh, I think it's by 2025, but don't quote me on that. Um, you know, it's within a very short time, and so. You know, getting rid of some of the most polluting fuels that we have is a priority on a global scale. And, you know, we, we are going to have to grapple with that. Okay, Vivian, what do you say to that? He hasn't got his facts straight. You know, it's not the fuel itself that's polluting. It's how you use it. And most of the emissions don't come from the production of the oil. You know, that's, that's a, a small percentage. It, it, it comes from the, the cars that drive around in it. There's lots of ways to, to reduce the, the, the greenhouse gas emissions, and that's exactly what the Canadian oil is doing. In fact, the, the, the statistics show that Canada has reduced the greenhouse gas emissions per barrel faster and more than any other country. Right, but what hap- what's happened here is that there has been, and and the premier in, in Quebec is right about one thing, that that unfortunately the oil industry has been condemned in in the minds and the hearts of people, but that's because of a campaign that was deliberate. There was a deliberate campaign to stigmatize, to discredit um, ca- Canadian oil, but it's not based on the truth, and that's the problem. They okay. arbitrarily chose. A couple of you know good sound bites um, as as ways to to stigmatize Alberta oil and who's benefiting the United States where the oil industry has tripled and no one says boo about Texas you know no one says boo about the fact that the, the Americans are, are 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 producing way more hey, oil. Peter, than you better you, you better get in there and respond to that before I go to another call. What do you say to that? I mean, like the environmental movement in the United States is working incredibly hard to, you know, rein in shale oil production in Texas and North Dakota. And, you know, I think for Vivian McCarthy to be accusing people of picking up on, you know, cherry picking details and that kind of thing is pretty rich. <laughs> Explain. Explain. Yeah, Go what's, for your, it. what's your point? Is that, you know, Vivian's whole thing is that she picks through, uh, certain foundation data and creates this broad narrative about attacks on Canadian oil and and kind of wraps it in a flag. And like, of course there's been a campaign against Canadian oil. We've been pretty open of that. Um, And the truth is Canadians are behind us. Polling for a green new deal and a phase out of fossil fuels polls in the seventies in this country. There's more consensus around this than any other issue. Vivian, go ahead real quick and then I'll take another call here. Go ahead. Well, you know, there's written strategy papers about this campaign that targets Canadian oil and does nothing about Texas, okay? After I, I, I wrote about this, what happened? What <laughs> happened? They rewrote their websites. They removed the web pages. They tried to hide it all. Why? You know, if you, okay. if you guys are so proud of what you're doing, how come the organizations that are at the heart of this, corporate ethics, communicopia, why did they retract and rewrite what they said they were doing? No. Okay. Let's go back. Let's go back to the phone calls real quick. Dan on the line in Surrey. Go ahead, Dan. Hi, Mike. Uh, as far as oil uh, being dead, how many c- tankers come from Saudi Arabia to this country every week, month, whatever? And um, now they're talking about shipping oil from BC through the Panama Canal to Eastern Canada. And um, as far as I know, they still crucify people in Saudi Arabia. So where do we want to get our oil? 
And with the deficits this country is facing, you think we can just eliminate oil and somehow dig our way out of this? It's crazy. Okay. okay, thank you for the call. Peter, how do you respond to that argument that, you know, if we if we take down Canadian oil, the, the gap's just going to be filled with Saudi oil from these from countries that got these terrible human rights records? I mean, the building of these export pipelines has absolutely no bearing on the amount of oil that we import into Canada. Um, we haven't built refineries here in a long time because it's made more economic sense to concentrate them in the United States. And that's the only answer to that question. Um, they really don't have anything to do with each other. Okay, let's squeeze another call here. May on the open line calling in from Arizona. Hello. Hi there. How are you Hi. all today? I'm, I'm not Canadian, but I'm quarantined here in Arizona. Okay, One cool. thing that's always bugged me in my 77 years in British Columbia is why did the uh, oil industry not allow refinering done right at the site at the oil companies in uh, different areas wherever they're pumping oil out of the ground? Okay. Thank you for the call. Um, and I, I, hate this, I hate to step on you calling in all the way from Arizona, but we've only got 30 seconds left. Vivian, do you want to answer that real quick? Yeah, sure. There is a refinery up in Edmonton. You know, people keep saying, why do we have no refineries? We do have refineries. But the trouble is, you have to refine the product near where you use it. And that's why it makes okay. more sense for us to get our get some of our, our market closer to the to, to the border refineries. But there are refineries in Edmonton, and they're okay. some of the best in the world. Guys, I wish we had more time. That really flew by. Thank you very much for a, gr- a terrific discussion. I appreciate it a lot.